Ladies and gentlemen, faithful legionnaires, the time is winding down. Today is likely to be an emotional day because it is episode 209 of The Broken Shelf. That would be the penultimate episode, and there was only one person I could invite. So I thought I would invite Spangar on, and all we're going to do today, there's not really a plan. Um, We'll see how long it goes. Legitimately, this is just off the top of our heads. So I brought this topic to Spangar, and I said, hey, let's just reflect on four years of The Broken Shelf. Now, I will have basically my own reflection in the final episode with Alexander the Tsar, but I wanted to have an episode for Spangar and an episode for Alan where... I allow them to kind of just talk about the process, talk about how they've changed over the last four years. For Spangar, definitely more is talk about his literary journey because neither one of us could imagine that we'd have a literature podcast. So on episode 197, we talked about my third book as well as Alan and I announced that The Broken Shelf was coming to an end. So I really just did think it was a good idea to invite Spangar on. He's been here from basically the beginning and just allow him to talk. So before we get into some, well, I guess I was I was going to say let's get into some emotional moments, but I don't think it's going to get there. I think it will definitely be an interesting conversation. But before we do that, uh, Spangar, generally, just how are you doing today? What's going on in Michigan? Uh, life's pretty good. The weather finally chilled out a little bit. I know by the time this comes out, it'll be uh... a lot colder. <laughs> yeah, not 70 degrees, but it's been like 90 the past two weeks. So kind of nice to get the little breath of fresh air. I went mountain biking today. Um, <laughs> got yelled at. Yeah, got sternly talked to for deciding to wear a helmet. You heard that right, for protecting my head. Her response to me was, we didn't wear helmets when we were kids. I'm just like, okay, good for you. You probably <laughs> don't wear seatbelts either, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but other than that, you know, life's been pretty good here. No, no complaints. Uh, I mean, just in a reflection of life has changed over the last four years, you know, again, I think it's really interesting that the first year Alex was the one who was on the most podcasts. The second year it was Alan. The third year it was you. And then this year it was Travis. So I think that just... That's awesome, though. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think it allowed... I mean, I was on every episode, so everybody got enough of my mouth. But I think it gave the audience a chance to just experience different things over a period of time. And of course, everybody appeared in every year. It wasn't like people missed anything. I even got Mama Archive to join. I really just appreciate you guys just doing this. I don't, I mean, even if you did one episode a year, anything, it was just a joy to have you guys on this. Again, like it just shows like, hey, this year, it wasn't even that you were technically busy. It was just that you had a lot more going on. Your life is changing. Everyone's life is changing. Everyone's kind of moving on. But it also gives us an opportunity because you technically haven't been on this year. That doesn't mean you haven't been reading, especially in the summer when we are recording this is almost always your reading period because you prefer to go outside, sit down with a good book, especially when you visit um, one of the lakes you usually go to. So before we get into just the general overarching themes of your time on the podcast, what have you been reading over this summer? And do you think because you haven't been recording them and critiquing them, do you think it actually added value to the entertainment of the books that you read? Uh, Yeah, I actually think it has. Um, I mean, you know, I've talked to you about this on the side and that's that I really do not enjoy the preparation process that is preparing for the broken shelf. That's nothing against the podcast. I just 
that's not me. Well, yeah, two of our best episodes were probably um, Retribution Falls and probably High School DxD, or even I would go so far back as to say Shield Hero because they were mostly just conversations. For Retribution Falls, it was almost like just bullet points. High School DxD literally was bullet points. So we just talked, you know, and some of our general episodes, of course, have been really good, but that's just because they're general conversations. And sometimes I do have a tough time in this uh perfect example right now like articulating my thoughts in this environment i guess where you know if me and you were just playing a game and we were just talking everything would free flow but in this i like kind of try and watch what i say and i want to make sure i'm using the right word and stuff like that so i just speak a little slower than normal and it is a little out of my comfort zone so the general episodes and the free talking as you will they're more enjoyable but i don't think they sound as clear than the ones that i've like prepared for but i just didn't like sitting down and spending a few hours prepping for one at all when the product came out the final product i was i was happy with it but i just did not like the process of doing it but to your point to your original question that did make me enjoy reading this summer a lot more where i wasn't pausing to take notes i wasn't highlighting stuff in the kindle i wasn't looking for things because i'm not as critical as you are with the format of positives and negatives, I was actively seeking something wrong to make sure I had something in the negatives where I don't really do that now. I mean, I, granted, there still might be something that's just like, oh, it's stupid and pisses you off. But I'm not looking for faults, if you will. Yeah, so I would say it did enhance my reading experience. So it kind of brought me back to before we even started this whole thing. I've just, you know, been sitting down and enjoying a book and not, not looking. I mean, I don't want to say I'm not looking into it deeply, but just not looking for faults and stuff that really shouldn't even be there. Because that was one thing I was kind of doing. Yeah, I mean, I understand that completely. I don't really do that because, as you said, I'm a little bit more cynical. I'm a little bit more negative. It was a lot easier. So you're more critical. You're more critical in like all types of media. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's I, not just it's not just books. It's movies, video games, everything. Yeah. Like, I feel like I enjoy things a little easier than you. That's not a shot of your personality or nothing. I just like that you've always been like that since we were. Oh kids. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's things like Eight Crazy Nights. You and I are both like, dude. It's not that great of a movie, but we don't give it. We don't give a shit. Right. We're like, we understand it's a bad, good movie. There can be those things where it's like, I love it because of its faults. But having been a movie critic in college and being this kind of critic, you know, some of that stuff just sticks with you for so long. And I mean, there are times when I'm reading a book when I'm like, sometimes there is just way too many negatives. For instance, actually, I don't know if I told you this. Uh, one of the books that I suggested to you was uh, Glenda Lark's Stormlord series, which you technically, well, I mean, you didn't like the first, well, you, I don't know if you didn't like the first book, but you struggled to I never get into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to pick it up again because just because of how much you say you like it. Yeah, it's on. it's my it's one of my favorite trilogies. Well, I read her second series, the uh, Forsaken Lands trilogy. I almost hated my entire time with that. Or I guess we could just straight up go to Anthony Ryan, whom both of us. I was going to say, you hate Reed because you read all of them. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Ryan's. So I was, I mean, for both of us, I would say, and we talked about this in the review. That the first book of his Ravencallers trilogy, um, Blood Song, probably both of us would put in our top 10 books. Yeah, I would think so. I haven't reread it, but yeah, it was good when I read it. For yeah, sure. but yeah, I frankly, you put it best. I hate read the next five. And so there are times when, you know, there are books where I am actively seeking negative. And then there are other times when I'm like, oh my God, is there even a redeeming piece in this? Because there's sometimes there's some 
indefensible things where it's like, of course, it should be written well, it's published, you know, but it's like, I'm not going to defend it because it's written well. Congratulations, you wrote a book for a publisher who helped you edit it. Like you had to work hard to get there. But at the same time, like if it's being published, especially in paperback by one of the big distributors, it still better be written well. But is the content fun? Which is amazing. The second Glenda Lark trilogy and the second Anthony Ryan trilogy, both of whom I really respect as authors, I was just like, man, I don't know what happened in translation, but both of these series are not good. So there are things out there where, yeah, I'm hypercritical. And then there are other things where I'm like, uh, I just can't bring myself to like this. And it's the same thing with the positives. I have a bunch of books where I'm like, I have no reason why I love this, but I do. I love it absolutely unapologetically. I'd say the biggest representation of that is, um, I'd have to find the title, but it was the fifth. No, because you and I did the 50th book. I think it's like Alexander Outlaw, where this book is written by a female and she's just like writing it from a chauvinistic male perspective. And she's making fun of everything in those like hyperactive 80s bromance movies. But I was just laughing the whole damn time. And I I just got it. And I was like, this book has no reason to be this good, but I love it. I think you're the same way, just completely less critical. Yeah, there's definitely like some books, not necessarily books I read because I try and I don't read as much as you. So I definitely do my research on books and try and not read things I know or that if there's a chance I won't like it, I probably won't read it because I don't, you know, I only read 10 books a year, if that. But movies and stuff, I'll take a chance on something. And there's movies that are just like, all right, that movie sucked, but I, I, I dig it. I'll probably watch it again. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. But as you touched on, you're just you dig a little deeper than I do. Yeah. And I think part of that too, is that with everything, I just indulge it so much. So for me, like with books, movies, anime, because I'm so hypercritical, I feel like the good is usually really good. And that's the reason I'll go back to it, especially with anime, like where I technically, since I moved to South Carolina, I personally don't believe I've bought a, no, yes, I have. Cause I bought, I bought high school DXD season four, but I don't believe I've bought anything since that. And that was technically the first April I was here. And so I've like slowed down. Now, part of that is I, I buy crunchy, not buy crunchy roll. I'm subscribed. That's the word I was looking for. I'm subscribed to crunchy roll. So it's a little bit easier to access anime. And of course with Netflix and Hulu and all of that stuff. Yeah. They've been coming out a lot. Yeah. So it's just, it's a little bit easier to access them, but I feel like I've become critical to the point, especially with books because of this podcast. And that's another reason we're kind of coming to the end is I'm starting to like not enjoy reading as much anymore because I'm buying books and I'm like, well, is this going to be a podcast or is it not? And then once I start reading for the podcast, it's like this, this isn't the reason I got into reading in the first place. The reason I got into reading in the first place is because I was bored of movies, bored of anime, bored of all this other stuff. So reading finally took over my life and it feels like, man, am I ruining that? Like I've ruined video games, movies and all that other stuff. So there is that potential as well. And I feel like that's one of the reasons you haven't joined the podcast this year. And I'm glad you re at least a little bit of love to just, you know what, today I'm just going to read for me. So it's really just exciting to hear that. I was going to bring that up. I was going to do it a little bit later, but we can do it now. Yeah, that was kind of it. It was like, I was starting to not enjoy reading because I didn't enjoy prepping for the podcast. So different reasons than you, but same like same same ending, essentially. I was not enjoying reading because I didn't enjoy prepping. And so that just made me not want to pick up a book. And this past summer has been different than that. You know, I have 
I'm not necessarily like time motivated like I was. Like, okay, we want to do this podcast by a certain day. I need to try and get this done. So I don't do that anymore, which probably made it so I was reading more then. But I'm enjoying my time more now because I'm not, it's not like it's homework, you know, it's just something that I actually want to do. Before we really get into this, I can quickly touch on what I have read this summer. So the first book I finished up, I bought at the mall because I needed to get my phone battery replaced and I didn't take my kindle or anything and they said it was going to be a couple hours so i went to barnes and noble and bought a book i knew the author but i hadn't read anything by him his name is joe abercrombie and finch joe abercrombie and finch or Fitch, oh. whatever the store <laughs> yes, is. The, the clothing store. I thought I pronounced his name wrong or something. No, no. <laughs> I was like i don't get that i was making a all, very okay. i was making a very <laughs> dumb joke plus you were in the mall oh his most popular book is probably i have not read it but i've seen it a lot and it's called the blade itself so people may have know that the book i actually read was a different trilogy it's called the shattered sea trilogy uh, the first book was titled half a king it's about this uh guy well this boy it starts out he's got his little gimp hand i pictured it as the mashed potato eating guy from scary movie 2 <laughs> just like this little curled hand that doesn't do anything and his uncle, like his dad died. They have the, what is it, like judicial thing where the family, so like he would have been the person to be the king. Well, he, as he's making this transition, his mom, who was the queen, wanted him to go out with his uncle, who was like the master at arms or whatever. Well, his uncle pretty much killed him and tried to kill him. Pushed him off a cliff and he fell into the water. He, be, he becomes a slave, which you probably wouldn't want to touch on that much. There, I don't remember a rape scene, but there's a lot of slave vibes in it. The map is not very large, which I really like, and it's just a circle. Not like Earth, but it's like literally just a small circle. So they go around the whole map of the place, and the book isn't very long. It's only like 300 pages. He's a rowing slave. So he goes through and kind of meets these people. He's got brains. He's not a dummy. So that's one thing I really liked about it is he obviously he has no brawn because he's got this half gimp hand thing. So he's got to outsmart a lot of people. So there's a lot of that in it. There's a lot of uh, like befriending the right people and having people do his dirty work for him makes this journey with this group of misfits that he meets on this boat that they all really kind of hated him because they're all slaves they all come from different places he's a shit rower because he's got one arm they eventually go in to the castle and there's pretty sweet battle scene and spoiler alert he does claim his victory but there's a few good twists at the end and a betrayal one of them I figured out, but uh, the other couple I didn't at all. It was an enjoyable read, to say the least. You and I really like those, I would say. It seems that more often than not, I mean, we like the fluidity of battle and even to an extent war, but you and I, I would say we share the passion for the mental battle. Yeah, for sure. We both like to figure out what's going on, but we also like almost the background political machinations more than we like the sword fest. I've been thinking about this, and I don't know if that's just because it's more fun to read a character's internal thoughts or read the dialogue than it is to read an action scene, which we could watch in a movie. That's kind of my opinion is like, well, if it's a battle, you know, I'd rather just see it, see the fluidity of an actor. I think that's it. I really do. Like the internal thoughts is something you don't capture in a movie very well. I mean, you can kind of, but not to the extent that's in a book. So yeah, I would completely agree. I was going to say, like, I, I do kind of, not 
as bad as you or as good as you, whatever you want to say. But I don't skim the battle. But I do definitely like, all right, I get the idea. Like start reading that a lot faster. And I don't dissect it as much as I do when they're in conversation or some sort of internal thought process going on. Anything else you want to say about that particular? No, it just sounds very interesting. It would be something that I would probably read too. And this is another thing I think you and I enjoy, which is kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe it's because I love Ocean's Eleven so much. There's just always something fun about putting a team together. Yeah. When it's just like a band of misfits type thing. I've actually already bought the second one. I haven't started it yet. We were on vacation for a week and I thought I was going to do some more reading, but I ended up doing a lot more drinking and stuff. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And that's a trilogy and it's finished. It was finished in 2015. You know, another one of our rules. rules. Exactly. Which I'm breaking it with the current book I'm reading. I mean, I have a ton of books on my Kindle, which are that way, but a lot of those are more like they're online publishers. They usually publish it far quicker. I mean, the quality isn't something as good as, say, a R.R. Martin or something like that, or, you know, a Brand Sanderson, Jim Butcher. But the whole point is like they have to get them out there quick because that's how they maintain their popularity and they get their money. Yeah. You have to put out you have to put out more when you're self-publishing on Amazon or something. But yeah, that's a rule that you and I have basically maintained the entire time through is. I do that with TV shows too, man. Like just having a two-year cliffhanger sucks. Then you don't remember stuff. And I'd rather go back and watch all these other things, you know? You remember stuff as we were just talking about a video game, but I don't remember stuff like that. There's a bunch of stuff that I don't remember, but usually I think to an extent, even though I read so much, I feel like I'm more emotionally involved with things and maybe that's because of how I'm hypercritical. I'm just kind of a, a more emotional person. Like I just connect with things a little bit easier. I don't know if that's good or bad. And I'm not saying you're not emotional, but it's like, I guess, how many times have I seen Rocky and I still cry at the end? Or like, remember the Titans. How many times am I going to freaking cry and remember the Titans? It's like, I've seen it. Or the beginning of Up. Screw you, Pixar, for making that first 15 minutes of Up cry every damn time. So I just feel like there's a lot more things where it's like, oh, you son of a bitch, you got me. Or like that makes me laugh. Like there's a bunch of comedies where I'm like, oh man, you got me with that joke. I'll remember that forever. Remembering most of Dodgeball or Old School off the top of my head or hell, I could probably reenact most of Liar Liar without the script. Eight Crazy Nights. Uh, I could sing you almost every song in Eight Crazy Nights, but I don't think I could replay you most of the dialogue. Uh, that's already different from most of the quotes. But anyways, after that, I read a, uh, a book about the Crusades. I read as a strong word. I still have yet to finish it, but you know, I'm a good halfway through it. And I've learned a lot, and I even texted you, I think, one day about... So yeah, I was having a conversation with this guy, and he was telling me about how the war for jerusalem back in the day from the christian perspective and uh i was reading this book at the same time and it was just very interesting to hear this from a christian's perspective and then at home reading a book from a historian's perspective that have in my opinion he did pretty good at staying neutral and just explaining this is what the muslims are doing this is what the christians are doing this is their beliefs this is why they believe that jerusalem is the holy city for them that like couldn't the world could have not aligned better for me in that moment because I was reading a book that was describing both sides of the argument and then having a conversation with this man who was very emotional about Jerusalem and the Christian side of it. So I at least gained that out of it, which I'm thankful for. One of my favorite movies, one of my Dark Horse favorite movies is actually The Kingdom of Heaven with Orlando Bloom. It was the movie uh, that came that right out movie. after. It came out right after Gladiator. I just love that movie. 
I know you're going to be shocked, but I actually like it more than I like Gladiator. The reason being is because it's more central to Jerusalem. It shows you a lot more of the players and just like the knights and how each of these knights believed. But it also, in my opinion, the and quote unquote, the antagonists, both Guy de Leon from the French and also Saladin from the Muslims, they're such like they're such goodly diametrically posed as this Muslim who he doesn't like Christians, but he's not like, I'm not going in a crusade to completely butcher them all. I'm going to save the Holy Land because no one else in our religion can. And then you have Guy who's like slaughter everybody because I want power and he's a Christian. But it's not necessarily saying like either religion is bad. It's saying, no, these dudes in power are using this city that just has all these people who just want to live their dang lives. And you have Orlando Bloom in the middle who's like, what is the meaning of religion? Either Islam or Christianity. You know, what's the point? I'm here, a spoiler alert, having an affair with the Queen of Jerusalem. And she's got a son who's technically on the throne. And there's just, it's so good. Well, I love Gladiator. I would probably put it in my top five movies of all time. I still just like Kingdom of Heaven more, and that's just because of the totality of its story. Like, don't get me wrong, Gladiator, it's action and Maximus and the Emperor, like, that's great, but there's... Entertained! Yeah, there's just... But there's <laughs> One so of the much... greatest movie quotes of all time. Oh, it is. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. The problem is, is I think Kingdom of Heaven is also paced better. Gladiator has a lot of filler. A yes. lot. It is a of two filler. and a half hour movie, and it does not need to be. Yeah, and the amazing thing is, Kingdom of Heaven is about as long, and it's about three hours I if you watch the director. Yeah. yeah, if you watch the director's cut, but every scene in the director's cut adds a legitimately more value to the movie. All right, I'm gonna get off that, but yeah. I think the Crusades is one of the most fascinating and bloodiest times in human history. And yeah, I, just, that is my thing, or that's what initially piqued my interest was. I think it's to me, it's one of the most fascinating times in history because you know it's the year 1070. It's just like I don't know. I've always been interested in that time period in, in human history of just that early Europe. I don't know. It's just I don't even have the words to describe it. It's just well, so I mean, it's just amazing I was, that. I mean, yes, the Pope who has so much power, but it's one of the first times ever Europe, minus, of course, Russia and Poland, but, you know, it's not argue semantics, but it's just amazing that this one time all of Europe was united and almost all of the Middle East was united. You don't have that. For the rest of history, yeah, you have two diametrically opposed religious enemies, and everybody had their own little quips, but still, it was a holy army versus a holy army. And, and then this just idea of sword and shield and spear fighting has always interested me. One thing I learned in this book is he pointed out, he's like, you know, it's not like the movies. Many historians believe that a fight back then would last a couple minutes and then they would back off because that shit was so heavy. Like the armor and the swords and the shields. Oh, yeah. So like they weren't swinging a sword for like six out, like one guy in particular, you know, there was a lot of like rotation and stuff because it was just impossible to sit there and swing a sword for that long. I don't know if this is what was said in that book. I mean, I'm no historian on that, but... No, yeah, yeah, no, it's the it's the total truth. Like, some of the best YouTube videos are just watch people break down actual sword fights. However, I'm just adding this here, and then we should probably get into, like, the actual meat and potatoes of I, this I, episode. I will touch Although, on the last two quick books after your point. I still think, to me, one of the best live-action fights ever is in one of the crappiest movies ever made in Troy. Hector versus Achilles, to me, is one of the best Hollywood fights ever produced. I love that fight. The movements, the fluidity, how they do that fight is incredible. So 
I despise Troy as a movie. Every time that fight, I'm like, I'll just watch that fight on YouTube. I think I got a box set that was like Troy, Alexander, and Kingdom of Heaven. Like two awful movies and then Kingdom of Heaven. Alexander's actually the worst one yeah, of those. That movie is so bad. You don't know who a single damn character is. Like, it's Usually so we bad. don't agree on it. Because like, I don't mind Troy. I watch it. Um, I mean, I don't like watch it yearly or anything like that. But Alexander, I watched that one time and I will never watch that movie again. There's also, uh, then I'll let you go. It's like from 1965. I can't remember who it is. But there's an Alexander movie from back then. It's actually really good. I think it's just, it's like called Macedonia or something. Don't quote me on that. I can't remember. But it's actually, it's like two hours. It's really good. And it's like, this is Alexander and it's about Alexander. Everything else doesn't matter. And it's like, yes, exactly. Like, I don't need Angelina Jolie doing all this stuff. And I don't need all these other generals I don't know about. Okay. Anyway, let's get back to the, you said you read two other books. Yep. Uh... Uh, you might be surprised by this. I don't even know if I told you, but I read the second book of the Jack Carr series, which is that similar to Jack Reacher, Tom Clancy type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. The did, We reviewed the first one, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, the first one was the Terminal List. I read the second one titled True Believer. Hate is strong, but this might be my like dislike read series. The second one, I did not like nearly as much as I enjoyed the first one. And I definitely, and I still had some problems with the first one, if you remember from the review. Oh, yeah. You gave it like a middle, a lower middle shelf. So the second one I thought was worse. Just really not a lot happened in the beginning. It, It starts up right at the end of the first novel and not a whole lot happens. He, at one point he's in Africa though. And I really like this section of the book. He's in Africa and he's just like trying to find peace because his family's dead and he just like, well, he also has the brain tumors, right? Yeah. Yep. So he thinks he's got this brain tumor still, which ends up not being a big deal, but he doesn't know that at this point in the book, pretty much just committed terrorism against this country. So he's got nowhere to go. So he goes to this like small hunting um, outpost in Africa and he protects the reserve from poachers god it sounds like rambo 4 dude it was a very good character building part it was not long enough it was only like 50 to maybe 70 pages if that could have been three quarters of the book i would have loved it it was so good there was so much internal thoughts and you just got to see like the hunter's perspective of respecting nature because i feel like a lot of people don't understand that that like hunters as people respect nature more than these like anti-hunter people oh absolutely this was really capturing that and i love that and then it just went into the like counterterrorism type thing after that and it wasn't as good and a lot of the flaws and he's uh, mentioned it on instagram that he's like if you don't like the super descriptive stuff like i'm gonna do that if you don't like that don't read my books and i don't like that but i mean i can skip over it so that's fine and at least he admits it yeah yeah for sure and uh some he says some people like it and he's like that's the people i'm writing for so whatever it's it's his book and i think it's a little long they're like 430 pages was the last one so it's a little lengthy for what was going on in the book i feel like there's a lot of filler in there i'm gonna read the third we talked about this during the review of the terminalist but chris pratt is in the amazon series that's coming out and they're like almost done with filming on that so i'm actually pretty excited for that this will be the first time in my life that i have read a book before (laughs) it's been put on screen too bad the podcast won't be going because that would be very interesting to hear yeah i'm very excited to just be one of those oh the book's better guys so and uh finally to the inverse of that last point i watched all of game of thrones um and i am about 60 70 percent through the first game of thrones book right now 
and I have really been enjoying that. It is pretty much one-to-one with the first season, which is pretty nice. We have a review of that. Go ahead and listen to it, everybody. Oh, with Island? Yeah, episode 161. Or excuse me, though, that's, that's Game of Queens. Sorry, let me find out what episode that is real quick. Go ahead, keep talking, I'll find it. So yeah, um, reading that has been a joy for me. Uh, it's really, that's really my thing. There's a little like sexual things that I don't like, but I don't want to make an excuse, but it's a product of its time. So yeah, if I can just tune that out, the political stuff is good, even though it's, I'm enjoying it, even though I know what's going to happen. This is kind of one of those things that I wish I would have read this first, and uh, I think I would have, I would love it that much more. Uh, this earlier when I mentioned I'm breaking, breaking the rule. This is what I was. This is the book I was talking about because hopefully uh, Martin doesn't die before. I think he's got two more books. Yep, to write. two more books. Yep. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now, and uh, I'm gonna finish that up, and then I plan on reading. I, I've actually kind of organized it in my notes app on my phone. Because I, I was like starting to get anxiety in a way of I'm in the middle of all these series and it's so I just like decided, all right, this one, I did not like the series. I'm not even going to worry about finishing it. I'm not going to force myself to finish it if I don't like it. To finish, I got the Retribution Falls series and then I just want to read Game of Thrones, the first book. I'll probably hold off to see if he actually does finish it because I'm not going to invest that kind of time until uh until it's finished so i just wanted to read the first book because i knew it was like one-to-one with the first season so yeah and i think i'm gonna catch up on this jack Carr stuff and just read them as they come out and uh you've told me to i'm gonna stick to you on the broken blade stuff and those are pretty short yeah which reminds me um uh, we could talk about it afterwards well i guess i'll spoil it here if you want my books i'll bring them home because i'm coming home this year for christmas so if you want mine i can just bring them home with me so you don't even have to buy them because i probably will have to move next Next year, which is another reason we're kind of bringing this to an end, is it's kind of time to move on. Move apartments, or yeah, pro- well, either move apartments or move jobs, because it's time to start making a little bit more money. But uh, I want to get down from three bookshelves to two, and I'm pretty close to that. So yeah, if I could do those, uh, if you want, I mean, I already had book five for you because I somehow managed to buy two book fives. So yeah, uh, we we can talk about that after. But uh, but that's still cool. So it's episode ninety one actually. So that's kind of a long time ago actually. Yeah. That is quite something. I didn't realize he read it that long ago. Yeah, but I think he caught up, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think he read... Uh, no, he said he's only gone through two. Because I was talking to him about that. I have not watched a single episode of the series, and I care not to read it either. Maybe I will one day, and maybe if it is finished. Because I have heard really good things about it from people at work, from you, from Alan. So maybe one day, but right now I've just... I got too much going on. It's not... Similar to the... Patrick Rothfuss series that I like really want to read. I've heard great things about it. But he's just sitting on that third book. Yeah, the third book is just like, he's like, oh, he's like makes jokes about it all the time. He's like, dude, it's been like nine years and you won't even like put a blog post up. Just just say you have writer's block if that's what it is. And Yeah, I don't know if you follow Brandon Sanderson, but he has a YouTube channel where he puts out updates every single week. Like he's been weekly talking about how far he is through Wax and Wayne 4. That's awesome. Yeah, like I'm going subscribe, I'm to subscribe to that. That's badass. Yeah. He, I, I think he read a passage by the, I mean, he probably will have read multiple passages by the time this comes out. But when we're recording this, he actually read a passage last week. I didn't listen to it because I was like, don't want to know. Don't want to know. Just finish it so I can go read the third book and then read the fourth. Immediately go on to the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he he does weekly updates. Yeah. He's not like, yo, 
we're done with this one. Like he's not just I don't know. So it pisses me off. I I have the first book and I've not I've not of uh I, I think it's called like Night of the Wind or something like that. Yeah, which a lot of people are like this is one of the top ten fantasy books ever written. Yeah, I've never opened it because I'm like fuck that. I'm not gonna get cliffhung on the second book and then it just never get finished. Yeah, and if he's gonna be an a- if he's gonna be an asshole, it's like I don't you know there are some times where it's like you know Michael Jackson for instance. I don't like anything he did because it we're pretty sure he did it but i'm like dude dude made some good music i don't have to like him as a person something like that where you're like you're aggressively denying your audience i get it people are different so i don't want to get into some big kerfuffle but at that point i'm like no i'm not supporting you dude i can make that decision i can make a distinction for michael jackson and for some authors who i can't forgive for the horrible things that they did but then there's just being an asshole and that i'm not with you being a a douchebag i'm just like dude just say you have writer's block that's all that's cool everyone would be fine with that like it's it's fine everyone wants a good ending or even a bad ending people just want an ending sometimes i mean shit dude if he just finished it he's probably got hollywood waiting for him all right we can actually okay move on with uh, this, though. so okay it's it's great though that you've read all those so let's just let's just transition because we've already been going on uh, about 40 minutes which is good i mean we've had a general conversation so the main point of this episode is just reflections and we've kind a of talked intro. Well, I mean, we talked about reflection and here we talked about how you were sick and tired of, you know, writing scripts for the reviews. You didn't want to do that anymore. We talked about how you wanted to go back to enjoying reading and considering how long it took you and I to actually enjoy the process of reading. I don't think either one of us wanted to lose that. All I'm going to ask, and you can take however long, and we'll, you know, we'll work this out in a conversation, was how was your time overall with The Broken Shelf? Do you think, and this is a powerful question, and I understand this, you know, might be a complicated answer, but do you think it added value to your life? Are you proud that you did it? Are there negatives to it? So anything you want to talk about, floor open to you. Spangar, give us your reflections on the four years of The Broken Shelf. It definitely bettered my life. Um, I'd be lying if I said it didn't or did no effect. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done it. You're a lot more proud in that than I am. What do you mean by that? Well, I just mean like if you don't like it, you're not going to really do it. Oh, Like unless it's, especially if it's not for money, like you're not going to do it. So you stuck around for four years. So of course it had to add some kind of value. I would hope. Yeah. Some things I really did was not as an extent to you, but it it really held me accountable. You more held me accountable than the podcast. (laughs) You are the podcast. (laughs) So yeah, it held me accountable and uh, it really forced me to read more, which I know we were talking about being homework versus just enjoying reading, but it forced me to read more, which at this point in my life, I enjoy reading now. I read every single night before I go to bed now. Even at the start of this journey, I didn't do that. Even before the podcast, I didn't do that. Uh, I would just pick it up every couple days. Uh, I, every single night, I try and get in bed 45 minutes to an hour before my, quote, bedtime, and I read. I switch from second shift to first shift. I don't do it on Friday and Saturdays usually, but Sunday through Thursday, that's my going to work routine. And I, don't, I honestly don't think I would do that if it wasn't for this whole podcast. And it, it puts me to sleep. I don't mean that in a negative thing, but it, it no, does. No, it's, it, it's your routine. It's like, okay, I'm going to read and you're focused, but it also helps you wind down because it's it's a book. It's not yeah, something there's not a exciting. Screen. I mean, you have nothing to apologize. That's what I, every night, I read two books a day. When I get home, I read and then right before I go to bed. 
if it wasn't for this, I would, I know for a fact, I would put the TV on. I probably wouldn't get as good as a night's sleep because I'd wake up with the TV. I'd turn the TV off, get up, go to bed. When I read, I've been using my Kindle a lot more because I can just read it with the lights off and the brightness down pretty low. So it's like a very calm mood going on and my eyes start getting heavy and as soon as my eyes start getting heavy i just close the kindle slide under my pillow and i'm dude i'm sleeping in like three minutes after that it's like no time at all so it's a very relaxing thing in that sense it's crazy to say this podcast has made me have a better night's sleep but it, it really has because it's forced me to read more instead of just watching netflix at night and on top of that dude just the discussions of books with not only you and alan or uh the czar but with People in my circle, they've read books that I've read, and it just opens that. It opens Pandora's box of a whole other form of media. Instead of always talking about movies or games or TV shows, I feel much more adult. When you're like, oh, you've read that? And it's just, boom. Now you can talk about other books that author has written or vice versa and other books in the genre. I don't know why I said vice versa. Or, <laughs> hey, I was I was reading a book on the Crusades. Yeah. You know, it sparks a, hi- a history discussion. And that's been more, what's more have happened. Is, you know, something's on TV of a, of a topic that I've recently read and you're like, oh, I was just reading a book about that. And it, yeah, it just sparks up a, that has added such value to my life. Just being able to talk with people, older people generally, about topics you've read about is just, dude, it's such a priceless value, really. Just that knowledge and, I don't know, people look at you a little differently, which is in a good way. They're like, oh, wow, like, yeah, it's just, it's a little different. And would you say, too, that it made you a better reader? Not only just because we've had these conversations. I remember one general, you were like, you said I was better as a conversationalist and being the loud asshole that I am, as long as I can come across as articulate, I like that. And I know you're more of a comfort and more of just an enjoyment reader. But even in that, do you feel like you're doing a lot more deep reading? Do you feel like you can be more articulate when you explain your points to people? You would think after four years, I would be better at simplifying questions. So let me just get to it do you think it made you a better reader uh yeah it definitely made me a better reader just seeing words on paper i think would make anybody a better reader and then not only that having the kindle right there if there's a word i don't know or i don't know the context it's being used in i love that feature so much that is what mainly made me start reading on it hold the word and then boom definition uh, origin using a sentence on my phone it will do it like automatically it'll highlight some of the bigger words and it'll just give the definition like right above the main sentence oh if a lot of it's probably if a lot of people have done it that's probably what does it dude that feature is awesome Another positive from this journey is, I know I mentioned that about you, but I found myself in conversation using bigger words to describe something or not just not just using bigger words to be like a pretentious dick, but using one word that kind of grabs a whole bunch of words that you would try and say to explain something when I, there's just a word that I know that gets the whole point across in one word. And that feeling, it kind of lifts me up a little bit. You succinctly like, explain your example articulately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of just stuttering over small words all the time you just feel a little more scholastic i guess i will say one weakness of mine is i'll find a word i really like and i'll just continually repeat it like at the beginning of our podcast i think i use the word organic like way too many times stop saying organic. yeah it's like god damn it i know it's a good synonym and then after a while, like succinctly or dynamically, it's just like I keep, if you went back and like read the scripts, it's like, you'll find one word and you're like, dude, you used it 14 times. Like calm yeah, down. Like, one, God damn there's it. There's one time we were in the basement when we lived together. It's like every single.
single one of your paragraphs started with the exact same word, and you didn't realize it until it was on the screen in front of us as we sat down to record. You're like, what the hell is this? Like, every s- <laughs> or maybe you were ending it the same way. I don't remember. Yeah, I but- think I was ending it the same way. Or, I mean, we've gone through a lot of transitions, even when we were doing the, uh, we had a lot of ones where I was like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And you're like, dude, stop asking me that between every single point. Like, Yeah, we, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. it's like, God damn it. I mean, we've improved so much. I mean, Oh, dude, we've improved greatly. When you brought this topic to my attention, I got to thinking of the very, like, origins of this thing involving me. I know you did a little more before me. Was you, the czar, and I doing that, like, uh, NFL college football? We weren't guessing the spread, but we were guessing the score. I'm going to say the name. I apologize. There's a swear word in it. But the name of the podcast was Fuck It. This is football. We should have done that podcast. I feel like it would have been a blast. Those were some great episodes, too. Yeah, dude, that was fun. And a podcast I listen to every Monday is Bill Simmons is on. He's a ringer, a ringer guy. And him and another gambler, they guess the NFL lines every Sunday evening after the Sunday night football game. And it's one of my favorite segments in all of podcasts. It's just these two guys who like to gamble and they're just betting or they're just guessing next week's lines against each other. It doesn't sound fun to listen to, but it is such a They can make it entertaining. And that was what it that was what it was because we are three very different personalities. I think it would be even better now because of how much you have just studied the aspect of gambling. It would actually be me. I would probably just sit back because Alexander the Tsar just remembers things like no one I know. Oh, this dude played at this university. And I'm like, how do you know that? Why do you know that? He's not an actual sportscaster. So why would he know if they went to Temple for three years and ran this many yards? But the dude knows it. And then you would know like, oh, this is, you know, this is the way Vegas might do it. It would be very interesting to just do one of those episodes over again. But those were just some really fun times. Your actual first. I love talking football. (laughs) Yeah, but your first actual episode was just the general episode that uh, you or wasn't a general episode. It was technically just a interlude episode with uh, you, me and the czar. Um, And I remember us doing that because we lived in the house together and it was difficult to because you were in one room. We were down in the basement. But the way the system records, we didn't have we didn't have OBS down at the time. I could not stand hearing myself come back out through OBS because the czar and I couldn't use headphones together to listen in. So I had to actually turn on my phone, go upstairs into the living room and record on my phone as a third voice because I just could not stand to hear myself talk. I probably could do that now considering, you know, that was maybe episode 15 or so and now we're over 200. So I'm pretty used to hearing my own voice by now. I'm really glad though that not only has this podcast added value you still enjoy reading you are going to continue reading you feel like it's helped you outside of that one thing i want to do before we get to the end of this episode is i want to ask you about some of your favorite episodes or some of your favorite moments but beyond that is there anything else you feel like the broken shelf has done for you positively or is there anything else you want to tell the audience that you think the broken shelf did for you negatively because i do think after four years and all the stuff that you added because you have put a lot of time into this Is there anything where you're like, damn, I wish I could have done that a little bit differently? So yeah, just a few more of your positives and maybe a few of your negatives. I don't really have anything negative to say about this whole experience. Um, Other than like preparing for scripts. Yeah, like it sucks, but it's not like it it didn't like negatively affect my life or anything like that. It's just something I didn't want to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I have anything negatively to say. It's been fun. You know, me and you talk daily, pretty much. 
I'm glad that you and I have continued this relationship that we've had since we were in eighth grade. And it's just another way to grow that relationship. That's really kind of what it was about for me. It wasn't necessarily the books and stuff, but just you're an important dude in my life. And this podcast really uh, kind of enhanced that, even made us closer than we already were, which I didn't know was even possible at that point. But I think when people look at it from the outside, and it's the same way with- That was a little emotional. You said we weren't going to- <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I, no, I appreciate that. I think it's really, truly amazing when you look at all of our relationships, because the Czar and I weren't really friends until college, even though we went to the same high school. And then, you know, that relationship changed. Alan and I met on a bus in seventh grade one day, just- he sat next to me and what do you know he even moved it England and he's moved all over but here we are still haven't and then you and I we've been through a lot together but the amazing thing I think that could be or should be recognizable is that almost none of us share strong tastes we all like the same mediums we all like movies games books right but there is rarely a time when emotionally or critically we have the same opinions And I think overall that's made for a really good show, but I also think it shows the bonds between all of us that we're adult enough to have differentiating opinions and then at the end of the day joke about it or after the podcast go that was a good episode like the fight just made it fun so I think if any of us take away anything as you said like yeah you know you and I as family as friends as as close as we are even though we didn't get paid i don't care admitting that like this was partially a second job and it didn't break us you know it was always hey can you come help with this yeah no problem at all hey are you done reading this yeah i'm done let's do this you know it didn't it didn't change anything as you said it only helped to enhance it because as much as we are who we are we still play somewhat of characters on this thing because this isn't the way we would normally talk there'd be a lot yeah. more there'd be a lot more swearing involved Most definitely <laughs> mostly coming from me because off the oh, podcast God. i think me too I'm worse than you. I use the F word as a filler word. It really needs to change. Ah, dude, I've been noticing I do that at work. I'm like, man, I got to stop doing that. <laughs> I got a little nephew running around now. I'm silent at work. I don't do it at work. Uh, I, I just use it as a filler. It's so annoying. I catch myself doing it. I'm like, why? Oh, sometimes I wish I had a, not like my own kid, but I wish I was around a little kid more so I could just break the when cussing was a thing that drove home a point instead of just air coming out of my mouth. Yeah, exactly. But I just think it's it's wonderful that you and I have gotten to share this. And I think it has brought a stronger bond because it has, you know, even if I text you like, hey, can you do this? It still might start a conversation. Or even if we didn't review a book, you'll say like, hey, dude, this book was like this. Or I'll text you and say, oh, my God, dude, this book is driving me up an effing yeah. wall. And that's how it started. You were just amazed one day, and we've shared this story. You were just amazed at a Christmas one year. I was like, these Jim Butcher books are so cool. And you're like, is that Danny talking about books? I'm like, dude, I'm playing WoW. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's how it started is I finally just indulged in books, and you decided to join me on that journey. And both of us, I think, have flourished because of it. It's yeah. just allowed us a brand I mean, new avenue. If it wasn't you, this whole thing may have never happened because I've, uh, I don't even know if I've ever admitted it to you, but I, dude, I've always looked up to you, even since I was just a top, but dude, I don't know, just, you were older than me. I would, you know, you were, I loved coming over to you. Even I like, as a little kid, before I moved, you know, I just 
I loved going over to your house. And then as I, when I moved back, it was just like, this is what Daniel's doing. This is what I want. Like, the guitar here is a perfect example. <laughs> you had guitar <laughs> And then, here. I can't touch you, dude. I couldn't touch you. The only time I proved you I was okay at Guitar Hero was when I finally got you the, the gold trophy or whatever on yeah. Raining Blood. I like, my fingers like, do not yeah. do this. <laughs> Which is amazing because you already had it on, like, hard, but you were just, like, so broken on doing it on medium. You're like, it was almost like it was going too slow, and you're like, I just, I can't today. I can't. That hits my core, getting emotional. Know that. I'm really blessed. I've had a lot of people say that to me. And I think a part of that is that I am the loudmouth. I think even though I'm a very big introvert, I'm an extroverted introvert. Yeah, you are. When you get me to do something, I'm the leader. Am I a good leader? No, but I'm ready to go. I'm the captain. I'm ready to lead. I'm going to do what's necessary. If you get me out of my shell, I'm a titan. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. One of the things, and I love Mama Archive, and, and she knows this. We talk about this all the time. When I was young, I had two parents. I was blessed until I was 16, and then they got divorced. And I, I still love my parents. But, you know, my home, it wasn't like avoidance. It wasn't neglect in the way I think people put it. But it was they watched TV a lot. Mom was depressed. Dad watched TV. So I had to create my own adventures. And a lot of that time was I either wanted someone, you know, to be over as a friend or I wanted to go over to someone's house because that was my escape. And I think that built a lot of the relationships that I have even to this day. And it's because that zone was my safety net, but I've done a lot of dumb things. I've done a lot of good things in my life, I would say as well. And, you know, just hanging out with people, I felt like I was always just the real me. And I think that was how you and I built a bond. Oh, dude, we we were together every weekend. Every weekend and during the week. It was just so cool how like, you know, I was a lazy bum, didn't have a job, but you were working at a place in your teen years and you were like, dude, come on over, wait for me. And when I come out of work, it's just great to have you there. And it was like, yeah, you and I could do that as I would just go over to your place, sit there for a few hours without you there. You know, I would game by myself. You would get back and, you know, we didn't even have to talk. No, we're just in each other's company. And then we would have something crazy happen like Red Dead Redemption or something in our amazing stories from Red Dead. My golden dragon off, popping it in the air, emptying the clip and then reloading it and getting a headshot. It's we're just in each like, other's, <laughs> you know, we were in the same house, but we'd be in separate rooms playing a game. You know, some days we'd have the two TVs next to each other and then other days, yeah, we were in other rooms. Or like we'd hear each other yelling at whatever parts or even just wow in the other room, you know? There were some days where in my house, because we had three floors, you'd be downstairs on the computer and I'd be upstairs in my room on my computer. And it's just like, you know, that's how our relationship has gone. And I mean, you, dude, you hit me with the feels like that. I don't know if I want anybody really looking up to me. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that, but it's true. It is. I mean, I think everybody wants that. And I mean, you and I have such a close knit relationship that I appreciate so much more than other things in my life. And I'm really glad that you got to be here to share this with me. You know, again, it comes back to, I love that we have differentiating tastes. Both of us are like, hey, dude, take a chance and try this. And even if we hate it, like neither one of us is going to be like, F no, because you suggested it to me. That would never happen. It'd be like, all right, man, maybe I won't trust you, but all right, I'll go in yeah, and give it a chance. Yeah, that's definitely 
the mentality most of the times. Like, just because I know that we suggest now, like, we're at the age where we suggest things like, hey, I think you will like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I necessarily did not like this, but I think you will like it. Yeah, exactly. And we're smart enough to do that. So, all right, there, everybody, you got your emotional part. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. I'll be like, I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I helped him through life a little bit. Okay, so before we get out of here, um, I know I'm spurring this onto you a little bit, but uh, I can even just go through all the episodes you've been on, but is there any episodes, uh, well, how about we just split it? I know we've been going on a little long, but that, that's fine. This is a good episode. I mean, this is going to be one of the pivotal moments. It's going to be fun to edit this. So let's start off with um, just some of your favorite episodes, if you can even name your top three, and then after that, we'll go into maybe like your top three moments from the uh, podcast. So why don't you go ahead? Uh, I can even just, if you, if you need me to, I can go off and list every episode, but I'm pretty sure you can at least give me three that you really yeah, love. Yeah. Um... I guess number three would probably be the first Kenny J book. Retribution Falls. That was when we kind of pivoted the formula, if you will. Yeah, that was right in between um, uh, positives and negatives and the old school style. That was more of just a bullet because you just went through literally and just made bullet points and then you kind of filled them in. But other than that, we just kind of talked. And that was just me like being like, all right, I am so tired of writing stuff. I've never really been a writer. It's not my thing. I'm tired of doing this. And that was the moment. But in... I'm like, all right, sorry, Dan, this might be a terrible, terrible podcast because I'm done prepping. And we went into there and dude, we killed it. That is one of our better ones, I think. I mean, we agreed on a lot and we didn't agree on a lot. And then you let me have my moment because of (laughs) Trakina, who's probably one of my, there's a part of me that fears reading that fourth book just because of their relationship. And I'm like, if you F this up, I am going to be so pissed. So, cause she is one of my favorite female protagonists in any media. Second. I don't know if you want these all to be book podcasts or not, but... Uh, oh, what I mean, if they're general podcasts, hell yeah, throw the generals out there as well. When you and Alan and I did the year in review, that episode was a blast. Oh yeah, the second year in yeah. review episode? That was so fun. And that was the first time, I think, that the three of us were on together. Yep. No, it was. Yeah. First time. The only other time that you and I did three people was that your introduction episode with Alex. That was it. There's a lot of things I liked about that. One, you and Alan talk a lot and me and you talk a lot and me and Alan talk a lot. So it was fun to just have all three of us together. And that was just like guys hanging out, having beers. That's pretty much what that turned into. It's pretty rare even now for all three of us to talk together. Even though we, even when we lived together, it was still kind of rare. Yeah, it's kind of like we have these different pockets that we talk in, but we're all still really great friends. It's like... Yeah, I can't believe how much, how close of a friend Alan came, became to me uh, really after living with him. And that's all because of you guys. And we just have a lot in common and we kind of view things a lot of the same way. And not that that makes or breaks a friendship or anything like that, but we have a lot to talk about. I mean, you have to have a foundation in order to continue it. And, uh, you know, we play a lot of the same video games and stuff. And, uh, you know, I just text him on Discord if I see some stupid meme or something and something that I know he would like or if something dumb happens in my life or something, you know, I share that with both of you guys. And so, yeah, it's just that episode was really fun to do because really before that episode the last time all three of us talked together would have been at the house we lived together yeah that was a good is a good episode yeah this is way back in the early days and you might know where i'm going with this i would probably even rank this number one this can kind of segue into moments because this would be like number one moment and probably one of our favorite podcasts was we didn't know what we were doing at this point but uh it was definitely the misborn that was just fun because that was very early when we were just pretty much wikipediaing the book 
but it was still fun to do and we were figuring ourselves out and that was a real uh introspective moment i guess is when we were like all right we probably shouldn't just do a long synopsis like no one really cares about that but we also got to talk a lot about like there's a lot of conversation in those episodes too about the characters and our favorite moments and then even with the second book the well of ascension how you and i almost had very differentiating opinions yes on the the final which we still do to this day because that is your favorite of the trilogy and to me that's the worst of the trilogy so yeah like that that whole series all three of those books was uh they were fun to do and if you listen to an episode now if you listen to my re- most recent review and that review they are going to sound completely different i probably uh came into my voice a little more just meaning like got a little more confident and talking and then i was back then articulated more you could you could probably tell i was just reading off the screen then anyways though until moments at that same episode when i was like the balls or whatever I love the balls. It's yeah, like, I, wait, love. What? I, love the, I love the balls. I was like, I love the balls. And then we just paused and looked at each other and we both just <laughs> died laughing. <laughs> that was so funny, dude. I think we mentioned that in almost every single episode because we reviewed five of the books. Uh, there's one more out there right now that he's published and then he's working on the fourth. So we, unfortunately, when this is over, we won't, we'll, we'll definitely talk about them. Eventually you and I are going to finish that series. Yeah, definitely. Like we're both actually just waiting on the fourth book, I think. But yeah, it, it came up in so many other episodes. I think it came up like in one of the recent books. I mean, we just reviewed Shadow of Self, which is the fifth book in the series. And we talked about the balls there, but there are other, just a bunch of other books where if there was well, any have, kind of we like- We mentioned it in Kenny J because they did something like that yeah they went to a masquerade ball and we were like oh we love the balls here we go again it's like we can't we can't get away from the balls i don't think any of the moments will top that just because of how funny it was and i mean what are some of your i mean there's a bunch in the three year or excuse me the two year special with you and alan like just some of the funny quips that we have going back and forward I really love the I Am Legend review. I think that really gave you your voice and just how much you loved just the experience of that book and also how we bounced off of the like what happens in the movie, what happens in the book because you you like both of them, but you actually enjoyed the book more so you could see how they had those conversations. But we had a lot of fun in that review just from like shouting at the top of our lungs about him like being drunk and all that. So there's some of those good, but uh, another one, that I really love is the Nothing to Envy book with you. I believe that's the that, that's the Korea one because that I think is your only nonfiction one. And just how you got to come out and really just go, man, this book opened my eyes on this situation. Uh, just the style of it, and I think it just delivered a lot of powerful points that it gave the audience and me a side of you that we didn't normally get to see. Because when you and I talk nonfiction, it's just you know bullet points. Here it's like, hey, this book actually like affected me. I learned something. It was written really well. So it was just nice to see that side of you. I got to say, I love the High School DxD episode. I think it's just you and I. Like whenever I talk to somebody about that now, I've always used that line. I came up with that. It's like, you come for the boobs, you stay for the story. And it's just like, 
that episode's just fun to me because it brings back a lot of good memories of you getting deeper into anime and it was just it was a really good time i also think it was fun the the thing that we tried and we only did it twice was the uh sandman slim book two review and the uh broken blade review that you came in for like the last 20 minutes so i had already done the review and then you got to come in and give your side and that actually gave us a little bit of conversation especially how well it was actually funny you and i didn't share the same opinion on uh i'm never gonna remember the name but the second sandman slim book of the dead yeah, Kill the Dead, thank you. How you and I like diametrically opposed each other on that ending. And then how in Broken Blade, both of us were like, oh my God, like get over yourself. This drinking thing is like, we were worried about the author together. We we're like, this is so obnoxious. Yeah, see that one to com- quickly compare two books. The drinking in I Am Legend and the drinking in Broken Blade are just like how one is done very well and how one is done atrociously. Yeah, because it's like eventually like the self-pity has to end. Yeah, and that's why and he pulls himself out of it in I Am Legend. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like yeah, Broken did. Blade it doesn't Broken feel like Blade. it's not until the second book where he's like, Okay, you know, I'm I'm not just living for myself. So I I really do believe we've had I mean no, definitely nothing t- nothing touches the balls. That's probably the best moment just because the ultimate yeah just, especially because there was the pause and look at each other like just those. But there's been a lot of really good moments in some of the generals and some of just the reviews. I mean nothing really specific is coming, but I think to an extent where you and I work better than the other hosts is definitely we like the same things. We like them for different reasons, and the things we don't like are usually not interchangeable. So I always thought that each one of my co-hosts had a different set of skills with me. The czar and I, we would have great conversations where we would have the same viewpoint, and he would put it better than I, and I piggybacked off him. Alan and I is kind of the same thing, but he would piggyback off me. Travis and I basically the same opinion but we'd have more of a back and forth conversation where i always loved reviewing with you maybe the most honestly just because well you and i read more books together so we did get to bounce that off of each other but because you and i didn't always see eye to eye with each other i think it just brought some of the reviews to a much higher level than with the other hosts i mean i don't know i could be wrong and not trying to like favoritize or anything but our relationship just goes deeper i mean we're family i i know i could just say some dumb shit to you and oh yeah, 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 you yeah tomorrow. for sure well and it's it's longer too like i have a long relationship with alan but he went to england for a year or he lived in st louis so uh, you know some of that time was just you know you don't get to, there's a there is a legitimate difference between going to each other's house every single weekend even if we're not talking we're still in the presence of each other i'm comfortable telling you whatever needs to be said yeah, and it, it needs to be said if you're yeah, going to get mad about thing. it. Yeah. Okay, you can be mad about it for eight hours, but you'll be fine the next day. That's kind of how I feel about our relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. I think the major thing is everyone needs to know we've golfed together. And once you golf together, like... Or we golf together at ages, uh, in the teenage years, which is when you're like the most angry. So I hate this game. And then we golf together as an adult when it was almost like, the older adults we were with were actually more childish than you Whoa, and I that's were. how it is now, dude. It's hilarious. Because I've been golfing a lot this summer. I'll go put with a random guy, like a middle-aged to senior guy. Dude, they get so mad. And they're better golfers than me. And I'm just like shanking it into the woods. And I'm just like, oh, whatever. They're just like raging. I'm like, dude, you need to chill out. You're not going to make the senior tour. You're like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll never forget one last memory. It has nothing to do with this podcast. At the golf tournament or the golf outing. That time when I was having a real bad day, I was just like, I'm Afghan. And I just like created a search and destroy clutch sequence. <laughs> and my backswing, I was just like, clutch. And then just crushed the ball. <laughs> like, for you, like, fell out of the car laughing. And like, my grandpa, my uncle had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, there's such great memories. The one where you ran me over. Red, yeah. Twice in one day. It's like the one where I won the longest part, oh, yeah. which was incredible. When your phone blew up and I got in trouble for it. Oh yeah. Oh, this, this is a fun story. Let me share this. So we were just dri- like, we were just driving, looking for balls out of the driving range. A ball just comes and like hits my phone and my hand phone just explodes. It was okay because it was a Motorola razor. They don't make them like they used to, but yeah, you got yelled at and you're, I was like, it wasn't his fault. Like, <laughs> what the hell did I do? <laughs> I still think, though, the best one was when your grandpa nailed your uncle right above the D. Like, he wasn't even trying to. Just bad golf at its he best. Was, he was, tr- yeah, he was trying to hit your uncle's ball away. Like, he was just trying to get rid of like it. Like, into the woods, yeah. Yeah, it just drilled him, like, in the crotch, and he just fell over. You and I are just like, we know he's okay, but that's hilarious. Yeah, that was, we're actually, yeah, we're doing it again this year. It's just a... It's not as fun as it was, but it's still a good time. We have some great that memories. That time you just... walked, when Mike told you to go get your ball, and you just walked out into the pot. <laughs> Do you remember that? Dude, no, I don't dude, remember the, that the, one. The, the course was soaking wet, like absolutely. Oh, and yeah, Mike yeah. Mike told you to go get your ball, like... and you're like, okay, and you just did. It was like, it's like 80 <laughs> yards of underwater, and you just walked out there. <laughs> it was like the second hole, but you're a crazy man. Oh, man. <laughs> Like, well, yeah, because it was the second hole. It'll dry off by the end of the day. Those, the, some of those memories, yeah. All right, well, we're laughing, so I think it's better if we leave on a high note. Um, Spangar, this was actually a pretty funny, emotional episode, and I'm so glad. Uh, I've appreciated every single episode that we've done together. There are some highs. There are some lows. Some episodes were painful to edit. Some episodes were just the delight of my week to edit. And of course, it depended on my mood. It had nothing to do with you. But doing over 200 episodes, you're going to have some stinkers, ones you're not proud of. And then you're going to have ones that like, I do believe that the Ketty J episode is our best episode. That or maybe a second close one was the um the one based off the like uh, Viking show. Uh, that was a good episode. Uh, Last Kingdom. Yeah, I really enjoyed editing that kingdom. Uric, son of Uric, grandson of Uric, son of Uric, son of. I have a video game character named Son of Uric, son of Uric, son of. But everything over four years, you and I have changed, but our relationship really has. And if anything, it's grown stronger. Part of that's the podcast. Part of that is just becoming who we were really meant to be and sharing that with each other. And the podcast is a part of that. So thank you for four years of The Broken Shelf. And thank you for joining me on this reflection episode. So I give you the floor. You can say anything you want. This is your final outro for The Broken Shelf. All right. Well, yeah, um, you summed it up nicely there. Uh, It has been nothing but a pleasure, Um, even though I haven't been, you know, there's times where I I wish I would have done more, but I just couldn't find the drive to do more for this podcast. But you pushed me there. And um, at the end of the day, I was very thankful that you pushed me. And 
you were like pushy. I don't mean that in the wrong way, but you were just like, hey, dude, do you want to do this? And I would just be like, yeah, I'll do it. And once you asked me if I wanted to do it, I would just definitely do it. So yeah, and it's helped me grow tremendously in ways I really didn't even know until thinking about this very episode. It kind of made me start thinking about how how this has affected my life. And no, it didn't blow up and we're making passive income doing this or anything, but that's okay. I got to give respect to you, dude. You were there for every single episode. You were the train moving this thing along. You pushed all the other co-hosts into doing like where we're at today you sat down and you learned all the software you edited everything you put everything up weekly like you did all of the behind the scenes work mad respect to you the only thing i did was reach out on instagram for a logo and i didn't even create the logo i just asked the guy to make a logo for us so yeah you like you are the drive behind this whole thing it's made me respect you dude like just that having that much drive behind something that i know you didn't want to do every day and it just like kind of became your baby yeah dude like you you killed it with this whole thing so mad props if there could be like a a you've got a friend in me montage of this past four years (laughs) that that would be incredible I really appreciate that because you're right, dude. There are some days where I'm like, God damn it, I do not want to do this. But I had to keep going. And I think that's what kept me going was, I mean, even if I had to get on some of you guys, and again, like if you were to look through all the texts, none of them, no passive aggressive, no aggressive. Oh, you're not like, all right, I'm the only one working. You you never said anything like that. No, it was, hey, can you, you know, can you do this? Like, hey, you got to go. No problem. Not a big deal at all. You know, uh, I was fortunate that the schedule just worked out that way. Did we make any passive income? No. At the end of the day, I was a man at that point in my life who needed to do something. This was my something for four years. I am proud of it, but it is time to move on. It's time to use all the energy that this is used to move on. And it's also time to let the other host just go. I want Spangard to keep reading because he loves reading. I don't want any of the hosts to have to think about this anymore because I'm sick of thinking about it. So why would I force that on them? I am proud of everything we've done here. If it didn't give us a dime, I don't care because to me personally, and as Spencer alluded to, it's given us something bigger than that. And in the long run, when I look back, I'm going to say, I don't know where I would be without the broken shelf because I needed discipline. I needed something to do. And fortunately, week in and week out, as much as I loved it, to hate it, to love it again, through the whole cycle of trauma of doing this, I made it, I did it, and I couldn't have done it without any of you guys. And it has made me a better, well-rounded person. And I am thankful to everybody. But we have been going on long enough. Yeah, man. It's a bittersweet ending, but I, it's something I knew was coming. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm going to continue to read. It's definitely something that one day if I have kids, you know, I'm going to, I've like already thought about like reading next to them in their bed and shit like that. So that's something that never really happened to me. I don't have memories of that. And I would like to do that for my, for my own. So this has uh, definitely changed me for, uh, changed me as a person for the better, just as far as reading goes um, and other things, just being held responsible and accountable for things and being punctual and stuff like that. So I know the other co-hosts are here, but thanks to everyone who's involved in all of this it has been more than a pleasure. Same thing. Thank you, guys. I mean, I will personally thank you as we go through all of these. Uh, I think Travis is the only one who won't get a reflection, but Spangar, thank you. Uh, I really enjoyed your top 10 books. I really enjoyed everything that we got to share together on this. Uh, this was something great, I think, when you do have kids and I see them, or if you do have kids, I don't know if you're, you know, you're going to, but 
I'll be there. This will be something maybe we can touch them like, hey, if you ever want to hear how much we were idiots, here you go. Like, <laughs> so it'll, it'll be something. And even if they don't like reading, we can always share this with somebody. Yeah, I mean, this, this whole story is essentially us not liking reading. and Coming to liking reading again. So, all right, we, we're getting moody. We're getting emotional. Sometimes it's best to just say goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, faithful legionnaires, this was episode 209 of The Broken Shelf. There is one episode left. Alexander the Tsar's Reflection and My Goodbye. So it's probably going to be a long episode. Hopefully I can be succinct and articulate the necessity of mine words. Ladies and gentlemen, faithful legionnaires, just one more time. Thank you for joining us. This was episode 209. That was Spangar with his final farewell. Thank you for everything, everybody. And I will see you on the final episode of The Broken Shelf. And I suppose I get to say this only one more time. We will see you on the next Broken Shelf. Peace.